Well, good morning, good morning, and greetings. I really enjoyed meeting some of you before the service today, and um, it's delightful to, to travel a little bit, come on out of our comfort zone, out of the places where we spend all of our lives, and to say there's authentic followers of Jesus Christ all around the world. The city next to you, the, the state next to you, the country over there, uh, it, isn't it delightful to know that literally the gospel is everywhere? And there's just authentic Christians, followers of Jesus, that God is building his kingdom in every place. And uh, we get to be a part of it. So it's a joy. So thank you so much, Pastor Ray, again, for having me over here. It's, it's a delight. So it's great to have my family with me today and some friends as well. This is my wife, Alicia, and some of my children. Um, this is my sister, Brenda. So you have, you have uh, nieces and nephews everywhere. I think he has 100 and all just on that side of the family, right? So I'm one of 100, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> this is another one of my cousins right here, Brian. <laughs> and so you, you don't know where we are. We're hidden all around society. We will permeate everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, today I want to talk to you about uh, building a culture of honor. And uh, I'm not coming at you. Well, if the shoe fits, wear it. I'm not coming at you to say you're not honorable. But I really felt like as I was driving here this morning that I'm really here to declare what God has made us to become. Amen. That there's something that God is bringing um, as he's building his kingdom that he wants us to emulate. And he wants us to be countercultural in some of these areas. Does anybody say our culture could use some honor? Right? I don't know what uh, toxic places you work in. Maybe the places you work at Delightful. I don't know what families you're part of. But come on, some of the businesses that we all find ourselves as early as tomorrow morning. We need this thing called honor. And it's found in the nature of Jesus Christ. And I want to unpack that a little bit today. But as I start to unpack it, what I would like to do is talk about the opposite first. It's like describing love when you've never known hate. Describing hot when you've never known cold is just more difficult to describe it, right? And so what's been successful for me in this message before when I taught it back at Lifeway Church is when you describe what it's not and unpack fully what it's not, it's clear and more able to see. And then you say, wait a minute, that's not who I am. Come on. But by the grace of God, I am something else. I am honor. And so I want to submit to you first and foremost that the opposite of a culture of honor looks more like jealousy and envy. It looks like a lot of things. It looks like a lot of evil things. But I want to hone in on like I think and why I believe that jealousy and envy tends to be an opposite spirit of honor. Amen, somebody? When I was a teenager, um, I was raised in a small farming town in uh, south side of Lebanon. And uh, one of my first jobs that I actually got paid money to do was to work at a neighboring farm and help them with their cows and some other farm chores. And I was 15 years old and I couldn't drive, right? And so it was a distance across the fields. My dad uh, bought me an old Yamaha dirt bike. <laughs> And that was my transportation. Five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, I'm riding across the fields ready to milk cows. If, uh, you know, three, four o'clock in the afternoon, we're ready to do it again, right? But that, that motorcycle, that little dirt bike was my happy place. As a teenager, I just found, come on, riding with the wind. We didn't bother with helmets back then. I was really ignorant, really ignorant. We didn't, it was just across the fields. Who cares about helmets? The wind rushing through your face, man, and through your hair. I actually had hair back then. 
the wind just rushing, and I was like, I couldn't wait after working, you know, on the farm to jump on my dirt bike and ride a mile across the fields. It was just my happy place. Until my neighbor kid, which I used to ride with sometimes, he's about my age, showed up with his dirt bike. One day, his dad bought him a brand new Yamaha dirt bike. It was brand spanking new. Mine was about 20 years old. (laughs) And it was bigger, and it was shinier, and it was faster, and I hated him. (laughs) I didn't even want to be his friend. And I didn't want to go riding with him that day. And I felt this thing. I felt this literally like this thing coming on me. Like, why do I despise this guy so much? He's a friend of mine. He's a neighbor kid. And I I used to ride bike with him a lot. Somebody say jealousy. (laughs) I wanted what he had. And I despised him for what he had. And I started to get familiar with this thing called jealousy. I... I worked through it. We were still friends eventually, but uh, long story short, but I felt this thing. Now, now let's describe jealousy for just a bit, and then I want to talk about a culture of honor. Jealousy comes from comparison. Somebody say comparison. When we compare one with another, comparison comes from insecurity. We're familiar with this, right? I feel insecure, but insecurity comes from a lack of identity. In particular, what I'm talking about is your identity in Christ. And when we don't know who we are, and we don't know who he's made us to become, I'm not secure as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I feel that level of insecurity, like, who am I, God? And And then we start to compare one with another, like, I want to be like him or her. I want what they have, and I should be here or there. And when comparison sets in, you're ripe in that field for this thing called jealousy and envy. And we start to then despise in our hearts, possibly, what other people have and what other people are made to do. I've seen envy and jealousy destroy more relationships and friendships and families and churches and businesses faster and more effective than any other weapon of the enemy. And I've seen it, I've seen it actually do a really good job of destruction, but come on somebody, that's not you and that's not us. What is envy? The, the dictionary describes it as a feeling of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions and qualities and good fortune, such as I felt a twinge of envy toward the winning team. Come on, you've ever felt this thing rise up trying to get a hold of you? Am I the only one? What What is jealousy? Well, jealousy is similar. So I'm going to use those words, envy and jealousy, about the same. But jealousy is a little different, meaning it's often described as like the act of, meaning something you do or something you say. It's like the feeling, but then it's a showing of this thing called envy of someone because they acted out in jealousy, right? Because they had envy in their hearts. Does that make sense? But I use those words interchangeably. It's basically saying what they have should be mine instead. And then you sort of change your behavior because of that. I don't really want to hang around those people. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to call them today. Why? You might be feeling something and it turns into like an action. Um, I keep saying you. It might not be you. I'm not coming at you. (laughs) If the shoe fits, wear it. 
but this is what the enemy's plans are. We're gonna talk about the opposite. Now, let me just pause here and, and say this. Um, we're not talking about God's righteous jealousy today. There is such a thing. Man, you find that in 2 Corinthians 11 too. It says, God is jealous for us. Well, there's that word. He says, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. And that's the right kind of saying, no, I, I, I bought them with a price. They belong to me. They're my sons and my daughters. And he is the right man to, to feel protective, okay, over you. He doesn't want you stolen and taken to the other camp, right? And so if you're married, for example, you're allowed to feel a healthy jealousy toward your spouse. If someone's trying to flirt with your wife, someone's trying to steal your husband, you should feel a sense of godly jealousy, right? Someone's trying to harm your kids and that kind of thing. So I'm not really talking about that today. There's a healthy place for that. I'm talking about the kind that comes from Satan. When you find it in Isaiah 14, um, starting at 12, concerning Lucifer, before he was Satan, he says, I will make myself like the most high God. And that's how Satan became Satan. He lost his position in heaven. Why? Because he was jealous, envious in his heart. And, and of, course, of course, God kicked him out. And, and, and thus we have Satan prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, right? Come on, when you pause and realize that partnering with the voice of jealousy is really partnering with Satan himself. It's like pause and go, ouch. Somebody say, ouch. That's what it is. So all through scripture, you see this thing rising up. It starts in Genesis 4 already. Cain killing Abel, his brother Abel. Why? He was jealous how God viewed, um, viewed Abel's offering. And, and God was like, come on, Cain, you can do better than that. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't really describe it. Maybe Cain is bringing some leftovers to the Lord. I'm not sure what it looked like exactly. Cain, but, but he was jealous that God looked at Abel's sacrifice and said, well done, my man. Something like, I'm paraphrasing scripture right now. <laughs> But that's what he said. And Cain's like, man, you know, that's not cool. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Thankfully, none of you are doing that either. Let's go to Proverbs 1430. It says, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Rottenness. How many of you watched the, watch, the, the Walking Dead series? I, you know, one of you? Good for you. Uh, you have a wonderful church, Ray. You really do. <laughs> I, I'm not real fond of that. I tried to watch one because a friend of mine is like, that's my favorite series. And like, you know, all you can see is rottenness to the bone, right? And it's about zombies. And so you know, The Walking Dead is like all these zombies walking around. Horrible. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a Halloween series. Anyway, you know, but that's what I think about when I read Proverbs. It's like, you know, rotten flesh. And that's how God views this thing called jealousy and envy as rottenness. James 3.16, now we're in the New Testament. For where envy and self-seeking exist, Paul writes, or James writes rather, confusion and every evil thing are there. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. You know, when I was, I was a production manager for most of my career until the last seven years, um, but when I first started out, small town of Denver at a place called Precision Medical, uh, not, not too far from here, actually, there was this time when my boss looked at me and he says, I really want you to be a supervisor of the second shift. We're going to launch this and blah, blah, blah. And then later on, I got promoted to a first shift uh, production manager and all this kind of stuff. Well, at that one place I got promoted, there was another gentleman that was there like a year before me. And when I got promoted, he was angry and he leveled some healthy words at me <laughs> and um, he quit that day. And this really hurt because he was sort of a coworker, 
kind of ish friend of mine, you know, you know, that kind of coworker that you're friends with because you work together, not a guy I would hang out with on a normal basis. But when he quit, it really hurt. I went to my boss, I was like, man, you know, I, I really, you know, did we do the wrong thing? I'm I really thankful for this promotion. I really feel called to this and I really feel honored by this, actually. But this really hurts. I, I didn't expect him to quit. He was also a vital employee. And my boss was like, I would never, I'd rather lose him than the whole crew. If I put him in charge, someone that doesn't actually like people, I would lose everyone else. It makes sense for me to put you in charge. You know? So I was like, okay, okay, settled. You know? And so I got it. But it hurt, right? When, when envy and jealousy is leveled at you, it can be really painful. Come on, somebody. Raise your hand if you've ever experienced that. It's a thing in our culture. It's good to just make note of it and realize what's coming at you. It's a spirit of antichrist. Now, I got good news. Can we get to the good news? I want to level at you what it is, the opposite of it, so that when I give you the good news of how Christ, you know, dwells within us, then you actually know even more so what it's like to walk in honor. The good news today is honor crushes envy. Let's say that together. Honor crushes envy. And that is a powerful force that you carry because when you carry the spirit of Christ, there is something emulating from you that can be described in a, a multitude of ways, right? It's multifaceted, but today I want to talk about what's coming in through you and in you because of the Holy Spirit is this thing called honor. Well, what is honor, guys? To esteem, the dictionary says, to regard with great respect. Doesn't that feel better? The synonyms are, I admire, I defer to, or I look up to. I think honor is the opposite of jealousy and envy because <clears throat> like when we, when we desperately need a culture of honor, there's actually something crushed when we implement something else. And that's the main thing that you're crushing when you walk in a culture of honor. Our weapon of mass destruction against the spirit of jealousy is this thing called spirit of honor, which is Holy Spirit. Excuse me, but it's the very nature of Christ, amen? Honor builds up, prefers the other person. Jealousy divides friendships and tears down. So now I wanna go into, a, I, wanna, I wanna finish by talking about three main ways that honor comes out of you, comes through you, works through you, and, um, <clears throat> and shines through you when you're walking in it. So what does a spirit or a culture of honor look like? Um, I want to do a disclaimer before I get into this. So this is, this is a disclaimer I like to do at, at, back at Lifeway Church because when, when we talk about these things, the tendency of some of us, um, some of you perhaps, is to go and fix yourself and to say, I'm going to put on this thing and I'm going to behave differently. And I'm not 100% opposed to behavior modification, but how many know it doesn't stick? <laughs> What I'm talking about and inviting you into is something where we join with the Holy Spirit and then he empowers us to renew our minds and to change us from the inside out. Amen? That's the only way to live the Christian life. I believe the Christian life is an impossibility, honestly, without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's when we invite him to partner with us and we say yes to Jesus, right? Now we have a power that we didn't have before to live the Christian life. And so take it as that. Don't go, oh man, I'm condemned after you know, Pastor Vern came to visit Grace Church because now I need to fix all these things in my life. Well, partner with the Holy Spirit and then be amazed at how he changes us, amen? 
That's our hope, okay? Hallelujah. I'm glad you agree with me because I don't like those messages that you go away from church feeling sad about, more sad about yourself or self-condemned or the self-loathing just raised, <laughs> raised to a new height, right? Number one, okay, what I'm talking about is what does a spirit or a culture work like? And I'm just gonna pick on a few things here. There could be many things to talk about, but it looks like this. Number one, somebody say sincere celebration. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. And Paul writes, weep with those who weep. And, and I wanna, wanna hone in on a little bit on rejoicing because you need a culture of honor, a spirit of honor in order to rejoice with a friend. Man, when someone is down and out and someone's going through a rough time, I don't, know, I don't know what you've seen in your culture. What I see sometimes is people rallying right and left bringing them potlucks, bringing them meals, calling them, praying for them, giving them words of prophecy and words of encouragement. I love all that. How about you? I don't think we should ever stop doing that. But it's harder to find someone who is ready to rejoice with you sometimes. Did you ever notice that? Man, I went through a season where I was like, man, this promotion, you know, that I just got or this thing that I got, man, you know, I just, you know, a couple years ago, I bought a motorcycle. And I actually picked up the phone. I was about to dial this number because I wanted someone to see it. And I caught myself. I'm going, that's gonna come across like pride. I want him to see this motorcycle that I prayed for for about, you know, 20 years. Uh, <laughs> right? But you, you pause, go, it's gonna come across the wrong way like I'm bragging. Like our culture goes, you shouldn't brag about, you know. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't wanna. So never mind. He'll find out eventually, you know. Why? Why? Because there's not as many people ready to rejoice with us when God starts adding things to you that you've been praying for or things you really want to break through with or, or blessings on. I'm just using the motorcycle as one crazy example. There's a lot, of, a lot more things we're celebrating than that. But it looks different, right? So honor looks like rejoicing with a friend when they get something, they get an opportunity or job promotion or when they purchase that new house or car. When my friend hears an awesome word from God and they're maybe on an awesome vacation and things like that. Are you ready to rejoice? Check your heart today. Are you the first one to say, bravo? Are you the first one to say, congratulations, I'm rejoicing with you? Man, the other year, a couple winters ago, my friend Randy, I got on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook's detrimental to your health sometimes. <laughs> it's not toxic at all, right? Anyway, I got on Facebook and I realized my friend Randy was in Montana on a ski slope you know, cutting through this fresh couple feet of snow. Uh, I think it was uh, Big Sky, Montana, right? One of the best ski slopes that we have in our country. And I was disgusted. <laughs> and I suddenly felt sorry for myself. I'm here in little old Lebanon County doing my stuff, you know, going to work, the norm. My life has zero adventure today. And he's... He's slicing through amazing snow and fresh powder. And I scrolled past it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know none of you ever felt this. But I caught myself. Come on, the Spirit of God. Somebody say, the Spirit of God. Spirit. I went, wait a minute. He's my brother. If it's happening to him, it's happening to me. The spirit of culture, the, the, the culture of honor says, if it's happening to a family member, a friend of mine, someone that I love, someone that I know, it's also happening to me. I am one who rejoices with someone who gets to do a great thing. And so I scrolled back up and I clicked like on every one of his pictures. Like, 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 like. 
And then he posted more later on in the day. Like, oh my gosh, here we go. Like, 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 like. Let's overcome jealousy and envy by saying honor. And then I posted this really cool little phrase or whatever. I forget what it said, but wish I was there with you, Randy. That's, that looks amazing or something like that. I'm sick that you didn't invite me. No, I didn't say that. I felt like it, but no, it was just. <laughs> but I can rejoice. Why? I'll get there someday. You know, I'll, I'll get to that ski slope someday, God willing. And if not, who cares? I'm getting to heaven, and that's even better. They're skiing in heaven, by the way. <laughs> anyway, I'm just being funny. But come on. Spirit of honor says, you go first. Can I serve you? What do you need today? What would make you feel loved today? Come on, that makes for better marriages and better relationships all over the place. The spirit of honor can genuinely compliment others and celebrate without feeling envious. Amen, somebody? You ready for number two? Somebody say impartiality. What does honor look like in a culture? It looks like impartiality. First Peter 2, 17, uh, Peter says, honor all people. Somebody say all. all. Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Remember Romans 2, 11, back to Romans, it, uh, Paul writes, for God shows no partiality. Second Chronicles 19, 7, I want to read this, but then let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do. For there is no injustice with the Lord our God or partiality or taking bribes. And so honor is showing God's love to all equally. And you treat all with honor and respect. And listen, listen, the taking of bribes. It's not for what you can get. You've decided who you are as a person, as a son or daughter of the Most High God. And now you're able to freely love, freely honor, and freely give not just for what you can get, not for what you get, but just because of who you are, amen? And that's like bordering on bribery. Come on, somebody say, somebody knows what it's like in here. I know, yeah, there's people everywhere. You're all, <laughs> you're all some of the same stuff and made of the same stuff we are, come on. And so there's persons complimenting you. This person's saying, wow, you know, all this kind of stuff or praising you and you go, I wonder what they want. You ever run into that? And I've caught myself doing that. Like, I really should go up to them and praise them for, why? Why, Vern? What, do you want something? Right? And, and so you, the Holy Spirit, come on, back to the Holy Ghost, he checks us. Come on, check your heart today. Honor showing love to all equally, and you just are the way you are everywhere. The leaders in your life, your parents, your family, but also the repairman, the waitress, the homeless person, all places in society, the rich and famous and the not so rich and famous, all deserve honor as God's kids. Can I get a good amen? amen. Philippians 2, 3 says this, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Let's pause while deep conviction just sets in. Whew. I like to call it the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because he's so good at it. Number three, you ready? Somebody say giving. The culture of honor looks like something that you give. Romans 13, 7 says, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed and revenue to whom revenue. 
is owed, I mean, pay your bills. Respect to whom respect is owed, and then honor to whom honor is owed. And it's like something that you actually choose to give. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. And then Paul writes, in honor, giving preference to one another. Honor is something that you intentionally give to others. Now, now so far in this message, you thought I was going to let you off the hook. You're just going to stop, you know, any hate speech. You're just going to stop the feeling. You're going to take it captive, and that's good. But now, it's like not just turning something off, but turning something on. Like, not just turning off the cold water, but turning on the hot water, right? Not just stopping the flow of negativity, but turning on the flow of positivity. Amen, somebody? It's like actually choosing then to give out of who you are in the Lord. And there's many, many ways to do that. But honor is something you intentionally give to others. Not just canceling something. Right? It's not just turning off evil actions. It's actually not neutrality. Sorry, guys. It's not, well, then I'll just shut up. No, it's actually choosing to walk in something. Come on, I don't want to use like a new age term necessarily, but I like the word aura because everybody carries one. Like it's that thing that's projected from people when you're around them. Right? And we all do that, right? We project out of who we are. Thankfully, you know, us that are walking with the Lord should project love and kindness and hope and all those kinds of attributes of the Lord, right? So people can sense it when they're, when they're around you, right? But if we're, if we're carrying an aura of something else, they can also sense that too. Um, but it's something that you intentionally project. I choose in the Holy Spirit to give honor. I compliment the worship team. Are we thankful for this crew? I mean, we already said thanks, but this crew did a great job this morning. You guys did, guys did a great job. Thank you, sir. You have a great team. I thank my coworkers. Yeah, well, they get paid for what they do. So? Man, and you, your thank you and your affirmation can reach places where money can't reach, into the places of the soul, into the places where just a paycheck alone cannot reach. Come on, somebody. I thank my coworkers and maybe my boss, and I praise my wife and children for their gifts and their contributions to my life, and I, I choose to greet people everywhere with kindness and affection and cheerfulness and all the words that go along with that. It's actually a choice that you make to do something in some way and project what it is you're carrying inside. I bless others with words of encouragement or with my time and talent and my treasure. And I build up with positive words of affirmation. It's so necessary in our culture, this toxic culture that we find ourselves in. Words of affirmation. You know, there's people that go for months and maybe years without a kind word spoken to them. I've met these people. Just a kind word, it seems so simple. A kind word of love and affirmation, instantly there's tears in their eyes. Why? Because they don't see that every day. And they don't feel that every day. Some of the places, you know, that folks live in your neighborhood or where they work is toxic. Build up with positive words and affirmation. That's a culture of honor. I give people the benefit of the doubt. I give people the benefit of the doubt by avoiding gossip and slander and false accusations, but I choose, see, I choose to believe the best. It's giving them a gift in that moment. And honor flows through me, come on, when I invite the Holy Spirit to flow through me, it's his nature. 
So we could sum it up by saying a culture of honor looks like Jesus, right? <laughs> and so there's so many more attributes that you could talk about that we could discuss today. But I just wanna leave you with those three. Come on, so the, what's your job this week? To walk in a culture of honor. Find someone to celebrate, number one. I'm wondering if there's someone in your life, someone that you will run into, someone you work with perhaps, someone in your family that just needs to be celebrated. And you're like, come on, when you get that breakthrough, when you get that promotion, when you get that job or that thing you've been praying for, the thing that you need, even if it's a thing that you want, call me. I wanna celebrate with you. I'm that person, right? I wanna walk with you and celebrate. Check your heart for partiality. Do I treat people differently when they're in different classes of society? It's America, we don't have classes of society. I don't know where you live, but there are, <laughs> and they do exist. Should they? No, not in the kingdom, they should not, but they do, and it's up to us to break those barriers, come on. When society likes to put uh, levels in, in our culture and say, you know, rich, poor, <laughs> whatever that is, um, check your heart for partiality, um, and then purpose to give. Don't just become neutral. You say, no, it's my job to be the first one to say hello, to stick my hand out. Unfold your arms this week, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, right? And say, I'm gonna be the first one to say hello. I'm gonna be the first one to greet. I'm gonna be the first one to show an act of kindness, hold the door for someone, buy someone a cup of coffee. And it can be simple. It starts with the simple things. Come on, somebody. When I was a production manager, I had this wonderful consultant. Uh, I called him, I, his name is Charlie. I called him the, the father of manufacturing because he trained me so well. He was the best consultant that I've ever worked with. And the first thing he said to me is, Vern, you have to decide who you're gonna be. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, regardless of what mood people are in at five, six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> he's like, you have to put on who you're going to be. He said, I suggest that first thing you do every morning is to, is to bring a cheerful hello to each and every one of your team members. I had to work that up. I'm not that much of a morning person. A couple of cups of coffee before I, before I get there, I'm ready to at least say hello to someone, right? And it's early. And so the first thing I did for nine years, literally nine years straight when I worked at that company, I would go around first thing. That was my pattern and give everybody a cheerful hello. Did I always wanna do it? No. But when I started to do it, I found the grace and the empowering of the Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, you run into all kinds of things when you're out there on the floor. Come on. You know, people going through hell and high water, rejoicing with others, grieving with others, ministering to others, just serving everyone. But I had to decide first who I was gonna be. There's people that didn't wanna say hello to me. It took them about a year to get used to that and they finally offered a hello back to me. <laughs> so I became who I was just because of who God made me to be, not because of someone else's attitude. That's not even in my notes. That was for free. Thank you. I want to wrap up by saying, by reading John 5, 22. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, Jesus Christ, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Whoever does not honor the Son, Jesus, does not honor the Father who sent him. Would you want to stand with me today? I'm done preaching. We close this message by saying this. Have you honored Jesus Christ with your life? That's where it all starts. We cannot hope to walk in a culture of honor, a spirit of honor, unless we first and foremost honor Jesus Christ. 
with our lives. Have you declared Jesus Christ as your Lord? Not someone as a passenger, someone in the driver's seat. Come on, somebody. Someone who is leader and guide of my life. Amen. And have you declared his lordship? This is just the way we do it at Lifeway. We like to say, let's all close our eyes and let's do that for a moment. The reason we do that is just to give people personal space to think about it. Then you're not thinking about the one next to you, the one in front of you, the one behind you. Every eye closed for a moment. If you're here today saying, "I, I need to start there by honoring the man Jesus Christ and making him Lord of my life. If you would love to start that journey today, I would simply love to end this message by praying with you. We're all gonna pray together for you. I won't call you out or make you do anything. If that is you, would you raise your hand so I can see you? I would love to pray with you today. Amen, raise your hand high. I would love to just see you and then we can acknowledge it and pray with you. I promise I won't call you forward. I can see you. I love it. So proud of you. Anyone else? All right, you can put your hands down. I'm wondering if some of you are here today and you're just feeling what I call the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit. And you're saying, man, I need to repent and change my mind. Did you know the word repentance means to change your mind? To think differently about these things and come boldly before the throne of grace and showing honor towards others is a key that unlocks doors of opportunity, blessing in your own life. And you're like, I haven't done that so well. You're ready to walk away from envy and jealousy. Every evil thing that comes with that and receive instead a spirit of honor today. Every eye closed for one more moment. Would you raise your hand if you're here today saying, I really need to put on this spirit of honor. Amen. I honor you. So good. You and you. Awesome. Many more over here. Thank goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm so proud of you guys. How about we all pray together? Can we do that? I like to do the repeat after me prayers. And that way the person saying yes to Jesus isn't praying alone. But then I include also this thing of a culture of honor as we pray. Let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior of my life. I repent of all my sins, including envy. And I receive your forgiveness today. Holy Spirit. Fill me completely. Flow through me in love and honor towards others everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate those who said yes to Jesus? The angels rejoice when that happens, and we rejoice with them, with the Son of God, amen. Listen, I want to do one more thing. If you can stand for just one more moment, I'm not trying to belabor this thing, but this is what I did before in a session that I taught, and it was really powerful because there's many in our toxic culture that have never felt the spirit of honor directed toward them. Amen. You might have felt a lot of other things. You might have felt backstabbed and, you know, talked about, gossiped about, slandered. And I realized how damaging it is to the human soul and to your spirit. And so what I want to do before we go is I want, I, I wrote it out and I want to declare honor over you and toward you so that when you leave this place, you're, you can't say, I didn't feel honored <laughs> in my lifetime, right? Because God is able in this place to, to impart something to you. Amen, somebody? And so just get into receiving mode. I don't know how you do that. Maybe this or that, or you just open your heart to receive this as I declare this declaration of honor over you. You ready? I honor you today. I surround you with a spirit of honor. I honor the very fact that you were made in the image of God. 
I honor your place on this earth. I honor your God-given personality. I honor your skills, your talents, and the calling that is on your life. I honor every spiritual gift that is given to you by God. I honor you as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I honor your journey with Jesus, whether you've just begun or you've known him for many years. I speak honor over you in whatever season you're in, if you're in the valley or a mountaintop, I honor you. I honor your role in life, whether you're a father, a mother, you're married or you're unmarried, you're old or you're young. I honor you in your career, no matter the role you're currently in. I honor you as a stay-at-home mom, just in case some of you are here. I honor you in your college, in your school, or any other place that God has you right now. You are deeply loved, you're highly favored, and you are a very blessed child of God. Can we all say amen? Amen and amen. Well, listen, it was my honor to be speaking with you here today and to hang out with you. So I'm going to go back to you, Pastor Ray. Amen. Bless you guys.